Welcome to Auto Off Topic. Hey, we're back. Were we ever gone? We're gone. Then we're back sometimes. Then we're gone. I think we're, we're, I think we're pretty consistent. We are. We missed a week for the holiday. That's about it. Sure. Right? We didn't miss any more than that. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Here we are. Yeah. Episode question mark. I mean, so many people don't have commutes. They're probably... All backed up in podcasts. They probably won't listen to this till months after it's recorded. That's true. Nobody's if they listen going, to it at all. Nobody's going to work anyway, so it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. What are our podcasts if no commute? Yeah, I have to like walk the dog to listen to a podcast or... Oh my God, exercise? I, <laughs> oh yeah, you just let your dogs out in the yard now? You didn't even take them for walks? Horrifying. Absolutely. They have plenty of room um, to run. <laughs> Either that or if I'm doing stuff around the house, I actually listen to podcasts just to, just to put my earphones in. Yeah, I find myself listening while in the garage. Yeah. That's my biggest my biggest listen. And anytime I'm driving anywhere, obviously I'll still put one in. But yeah, it's harder to keep up now than it used to be. I used to be like, knew which shows came out which days and would listen to those that day. But it's a little more difficult when you don't have a set schedule of driving anywhere. So mm-hmm. if you are listening, we appreciate the efforts. We know how hard it is to listen to podcasts. Oh, you know what else that's good is like I do it now uh, shopping when I yep. go out and do all our, our, you know, every two week shopping. Yeah, I do the same. I have a Bluetooth headset, mm-hmm. put it on when I get out of the car and walk around the store with one earbud in so I can hear all the scary people running up behind me. No, I, I put both in and then, you know, uh, randomly somebody will try to talk to you and you're like, first of all, you can't see their face moving so you don't know they're talking to you and right. now you can't hear them so right. and in your brain you're like leave me alone pleb yeah. can't you see I'm busy yeah can you see I have these big things in my ears well so. that's the reason I don't do it because I I don't know I don't want to I don't want to miss out on a I take it out when I'm good, checking out good conversation with a crazy person yeah checking out what do you do yeah. you, go, you go to the live person yeah oof paying for it i guess i just i I, 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 myself to check out i don't want to deal with anybody that's why i don't the only the only place i i do the self-checkout is home depot because they don't have enough people they have like one person there yeah doing the checkout for the whole store well i think that in the past i don't know eight or nine months i've only been to home depot and walmart and fries which is our grocery store chain out here so i don't uh i don't ever talk to anybody it's been kind of nice. Mm. Also, a little bit crazy, but you know, that's why I talk to you on this podcast to keep myself. Uh, yeah, this a is true. Sane. Yeah. Anyway, now that we've successfully told everybody how crazy we are and that this is our therapy, or at sure. least not, or at least I have. What's going on in the uh, the world of Andrew and cars this week? Anything good? Oh, I just put it's the. Uh... Black Friday tradition of putting on all the snow tires. Did you pay yourself 50% less than usual? I did. Oh, good. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the sa- the real savings were because we, my dad bought a TPMS tool. So that has already paid for itself because we've used it twice on each car. So you don't have to pay the dealership to reset it now, right? Nope. And, and that works. Actually, I didn't. That works for all of them? So it works perfectly for 
the Subarus. The Outlander, we had to buy another $70 trigger tool, Oof. which was annoying because you can, you have to use the tool to like trigger the sensors. Then you have to plug it in the OBD and then it goes through the procedure. And then you, it's like, when we first got it, it was like, get another tool to trigger the sensor. I was like, but I just triggered the sensors and put them into this handheld tool. Like this handheld tool now has the IDs. So why can't it just fake it and write it to the system? But it's like, whatever. So does this whole thing plug into like the uh, OBD port? Yes. Okay. Uh, and then our friend Andy broke a TPMS sensor putting on his off-road tires. So he put a new one in. He came over this afternoon, and we were, we were doing it on his uh, 17 Tacoma, and it worked good on that, too. Yeah, excellent. Which, that that has a weird procedure where you have to, like, go down and unlock the ECU. Like, there's a, a thing in the menu. It's like, unlock ECU. I was like, I don't know what that is. That's weird. So we, like, Googled it. Like, oh, okay. So we, like, unlocked it. Then you do the procedure. Then it programs it. Does it basically make it so you can't make ECU changes while the vehicle's running and driving? Maybe. Uh, maybe it's, it must be a Toyota thing. Yeah, I've never heard that. I mean, unlocking yeah. an ECU was a thing you heard about, you know, back in the old, um, you know, solid state kind of, I don't know, with, with the EEPROM stuff and whatnot back in the day. That yeah. Was, uh, yeah you had to un- unlock an ECU, but I've never heard it on a, on a modern vehicle. That's That's interesting. I don't know much and about then, it, of course, because carburetors. My, but my Volkswagen doesn't need it, so right. The Volkswagen's convenient. Just push a button inside the car, and it resets them based on wheel speed. I assume. Yeah, you just set your tire pressure, tell it that's you've set it, and it knows. Does yours so the, indicate individual tire pressures, or does it just say low tire if one's low? Uh, I don't remember. It only came on once. It came on once when I left the dealer when I first picked it up. Okay. Because it got cold, like, as we were driving away, so. Because I know mine is older than yours. Mine's a 13. Um, and it doesn't specifically tell you what tire is low or what pressures the tires are because there are no sensors. It just goes based on, on wheel speed. So I know mine will come on sometimes if I'm driving in, like, on the, in the snow or if yeah. I'm driving on a, on a dirt road and a tire is spinning differently than another, going around corners and stuff. Um, yeah. Because obviously on pavement, you know, the car knows the steering angle input and it knows the, you know, the tire differential spinning between the inside and outside tires. But I'm wondering yeah. if on dirt it's different because maybe the tire skips more, doesn't have the same differential. Because never a drive on a dirt road, not even, not like aggressively, not talking like spinning I was tires. Say, what just, are drifting? No, just driving like normal, like driving to a campsite um, yeah. on a long sweeping turn the low tire pressure light will come on. And of yeah, course you panic because you're on a dirt road and you think, well, I must've hit something <laughs> and I must've blown a tire out, but no, there's nothing, nothing actually low. Just check tire. So yeah, I, 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 think, it does, I think it does tell me which tire it is, but yeah. not the tire pressure. I actually didn't change the wheels in that car yet because, uh, I went to do it and I remembered that, um, I double checked the lug nut in the wall. It's got, uh, lug bolts. I double checked the factory ones because the OZs have their own that came with them, mm-hmm. and they are 17 millimeter. And I was like, "Oh, I don't have a 17 millimeter lug wrench." Really? Um, no, I've because Subarus and Mitsubishi's are 19 and 21. Okay. You know, so that way. 
No, because the the OZ wheels have very narrow lug nut openings. As do as like most aftermarket wheels do. Yep. Because it helps prevent theft. So I had to buy special Actually they were pretty inexpensive. It was like a 17 millimeter wheel lug socket. So the difference is that they're hardened for impact and then they have that plastic sheathing on them. So not scratch the wheel. So they don't scratch the wheel or that can come off and it makes it a very thin walled socket. Yep. So that's why those are handy. But you can buy those separately. They're like 12, 15 bucks. But then I was on Amazon and they had the three pack of the gear wrench ones. It was 17, 19, 21 of new ones. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's cool because then I can take my 19 and my 21 and I can just leave it in my in the vehicle travel tool bag or that. Yep. Yeah. And then I'll have my, cause those are getting kind of worn out anyways, the, the covers and they're, they were kind of starting to scratch wheels a little bit. I had to like put tape over them. Why well, did you've had them for a while? The ones, the red plastic covers. Oh yeah. Cause I remember, I remember you using it on your, on your civic back in the yeah. early 2000s. I bought, I bought those off a, off a, like a Mac tool guy that yeah. came to work one time. So those those themselves were probably like thirty dollars a piece. Yep. Um, but they're Mac tools. But, they're probably warranty. You can probably get new ones for free. Yeah, gotta find a Mac tool guy. Um, but anyway, I mean those are those are good. I'll throw them in the in the regular go bag. Then I have a brand new brand new set for. Yeah, I don't have anything that has wheels wheels or lugs like that. I have the older stuff. Obviously, uses a standard style. You know. Um, Standard style lug nut. I don't have anything like a modern. They used, they used to call it tuner lugs. Yeah, that was what they. I remember I had them on my my Talon had a super thin opening in the Enki wheels that I bought for it, and you had to have a special lug nut that was actually like a giant Torx wrench versus a normal hex style. So yeah, I used to use the. Um... They weren't, what were they? Uh, McGuard Spline Drive. Yep. I used to use those. And then on Stephanie Subaru, actually, I put the the Grillo ones. Right. That are like, they're like a regular lug nut. Like they're fat, but they're keyed. And those just fit in the OZs with the thin wall socket they come with. So they're like, so now you have like five wheel locks, the equivalent of. It's nice to have that. Yeah. And then I, I, I didn't run any on the. Volkswagen, but it also didn't go anywhere. So it's whatever. Yep. But yeah. Plus, it's been warmer, so I haven't. I was like, eh, I'll be a little lazier on swapping those over. I'll probably do it this weekend. Yeah, I was looking at the weather out there. Actually, it's still in the fifties. Yeah. So plus, like, doing four in a day is like kills you, even with a electric impact, which definitely makes it go quicker. Yeah, I think the key there would be to have a, a two-post lift would make it go a lot easier. It's not even that so much. It's the because they're in storage, right? So I got to pull all them out of where they are, all the, the four set of snows. And now at my parents' house, there's eight wheels and tires. And then eight wheels and tires have to go back where those ones were. So it's like rolling them from their shed to the driveway. Right. And Tons of work. Are in the... Yeah. But anyway, we did have a topic tonight. What the heck is going on with click car prices? 
because we've talked about the third year cycle before. Yep. But darn, stuff sure is on fire. Uh, yeah, I think this was inspired mostly by that Civic today on Bring a Trailer, right? Yeah, that and other stuff that I've been reading. Uh, I've been on car Twitter a little more recently, but people are just like, oh, like enthusiast cars are not attainable anymore. Like our, you know, that third year old, you know, we talk about the third year old cycle of those type of cars. But how a um, 57 Chevy peaked in the late 80s and a 67 Camaro peaked yeah. in the late 90s, that kind of cycle. Yeah, we're definitely seeing 20 to 30 year old used cars are now some of them are transitioning into collector cars. Yep. All of them are. There's no yeah. there's no car that's not. It's it's if the car has existed this long, it's become collectible. Okay. And uh, I I. I, I say that looking at, um, you know, Facebook postings for a 1986 Dodge Aries station wagon for five grand. You know, it's not it's not a blue chip two hundred thousand dollar collector car, no. but we're talking five thousand dollars for what essentially is a K car. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all there's to it. Well, basically. We've said this before now, like a, a cheap runner is no longer like a $500, $800 car. That's very rare. Yep. It's like a running driving car is now minimum 1000 to $1,500. Bucks. Oh, pl- I think I, I would even say to get a car that's ready to roll without putting a dime into it, you're spending at least 2500 Okay, fair enough. For anything. It doesn't matter what it is. And I don't yeah. know if that's a... A, a talk of collector car or a talk of just general inflation. You know, the $800 car was our special from the 90s into the 2000s, but that was 20 years ago, going on 30 years ago, depending on how far back you want to go. So is that just inflation or is that what's actually happening to car prices? I don't, well, I, don't I think it's what's happening to like used car prices. Yeah. Yeah, but, but is it mimicking what I'm saying? Is it mimicking... New car prices. You know, in 1995, you could go to the dealership and you could buy a basic car for 8000 bucks off the lot. Wouldn't be special, but yeah. you'd be talking about like a, what what would be in 95, like a Hyundai Accent would be an $8,000 car. Yeah. Fast forward to 2020, the equivalent of a Hyundai Accent would be, well, I guess a Hyundai Accent. <laughs> um, and it's 10 grand more than that now. Yeah, you know, you're probably talking fifteen to eighteen. Probably, probably bases out at fifteen. You're probably spending, you know, seventeen or so by the time you get a few options in it. Mm-hmm. So we're talking more than doubling the price of the car. So the same right. can be said for the used car market. That used car in 1995 that you paid a thousand bucks for should theoretically be a two thousand dollar car now if inflation's going the same way. So and. Yeah, that's the other thing. And you're paying like $2,500 for like uh, a car that's more than 15 years old. Yep. Because anything that's in the 2010s is probably like five grand or more. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, case in point, I have a 2013 Volkswagen that was considered to be one of the best used car bargains on the market. And it was like just shy of 10 grand not counting taxes and title and registration and everything. 
Um, yeah. And that we're talking a seven, a seven year old car almost when I bought it. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause that was 19. You bought yeah. It in 2019. Yep. So we're not talking Yikes. about, Yikes. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, taking a loan out on a seven year old car. So if I, and, and I didn't take this, but they offered a six year loan on it. And if I taken <laughs> a six year loan out on a, uh, seven-year-old car. By the time all is said and done, the car's not paid off till it's eleven years old, <laughs> and that's that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> so that's just the way car prices are right now. They're just, I, and again, I don't think it has anything to do with being a collector car or not, because I don't think my 2013 Jetta wagon is a collector car. Um, it may be the last of a, of a breed, but it's not a collector car. Yet, I don't think it's old enough. Maybe someday it would be. Who knows? I mean, if you told me in 2000 when you had your Honda Civic SI that it would be a forty, fifty thousand dollars car in 2020, I'd have told you to go jump off a bridge. So, yeah, right. And then who knows? I'm looking at so that 12,000 mile one, yeah, it's super, super minty, but uh. You know, looking at mine when it had like 116,000 miles on it, wasn't that much worse mm-hmm. as far as like cleanliness under the hood and like, yeah, I had it painted at some point because it was damaged, but it would probably be a twenty thousand dollar car right now. I probably a little bit less, but more than you would think it would be. More than you would think a 20- more than what I paid for it. Yeah, more than what you would think a twenty year old Honda would go for. And we know it's yeah. a special car. It's an SI. And if you still had that car, you know, you sold it in what, 2006? Yeah. And it had 116,000 miles on it. And it was only seven years old. Something like that, yeah. So if you still had that car, you'd probably have 200,000 miles on it. It would be every bit as clean. I might not have driven it that much. I might have found something Who knows? Else Maybe not. But uh, who knows? Uh, it would probably still be as clean because you take really good care of your stuff. Um, but so say it had 170,000 miles on it. You'd probably be looking at a car that somebody would still pay twelve grand for today because it was nice, yeah. You know, and that 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 just is it inflation? Is it collector car? What is it? What makes that that push? What makes the push between the car that you pay twelve thousand dollars for in two thousand and three still worth that same amount, if not more, with more miles on it today? Yeah. What brings us to this point we're at now? And I don't like it. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong because I already own cars, but I also don't like it because I'm seeing cars that I passed on years ago trading for prices that I'm just not comfortable paying because I don't want it that bad. You know, I'm I'm not going to pay $15,000 for a 99 Civic. Oh, no, no, no. It's not. In 1999... I think the car was like 18 grand. Okay. And like maybe 20 at the tops new. Was it a $20,000 car driving experience? Yes. In 1999. Yep. But not now. No. Like, I mean, okay. I shouldn't say that. It still is a very good driving car. But yeah, I don't, I don't have the pang of nostalgia hard enough to spend that much money for that car. Well, you can almost probably because of it new car for that but maybe it's car. because maybe it's because i own one and i've already experienced it and i don't need to or maybe it's because you know, we're cheap yeah uh, i don't think it's because we're cheap 
We are cheap. I spend money when I, I spend money when I need to. But we are I all. Mind, I, don't mind, I don't mind buying quality things. Both of us are cheap when it comes to buying the initial purchase price of the car, and there's no denying that. Yeah. You know, we have not. We neither one of us has ever gone out and seeked out the best existing example of the car currently on the market. Every car we own, and regardless of whether we want to do it again or not, but every car we own, we bought with the intention of wrenching on it for a bit. I mean, to be fair, I haven't had the money yet to do that, but if I had the money, I would buy a really nice example of a car. Except you've also never taken out a loan for a collector car or a fun I've never car. Done that either. And that's where the that's where we're at nowadays in 2020. You know, in in 1995 when I was looking at starting to buy cars and really starting to spend money on that kind of stuff, 95, 96. Um, you know, I was 15, 16 years old. I was thinking about getting my license. Um, I was in the market for cars all the time. And $3,000 was like a, a tremendous amount of cash to teenage me in the mid-90s. $3,000 was, oh my God, I don't know if I can ever save up $3,000. I make $3.25 an hour. Um, how am I ever going to buy a car? Um, I had my Cutlass, but I didn't have a car that I was like, I didn't have that enthusiast car. I didn't have the car that I could just do whatever I wanted to, whatever I wanted to. So I was always looking and I had my heart set on buying a Mark one or a Mark two Volkswagen GTI. And at that time in the mid nineties, to think that a 1985, now a 10 year old car, a 1985 mm-hmm. GTI was $3,000, 10 yeah. year old, 10 year old car. And that was for like a 50 to 60,000 mile mint condition, you know, Recaro yeah. trophy interior BBS RS wheels, like yeah. top of the line, 16 valve was 3000 bucks. And to think that I could have bought that car then for $3,000 and in my brain, it was like, well, I'll never be able to afford that because it's $3,000 and I make $3.25 an hour. You know, I work right. 40 hours a week and I make, you know, 300 and some odd dollars. <laughs> so yeah. it was it was really hard to, to sit back and, and, and think about buying those kinds of cars in period in that time. But to think back to a car now that's... Say it's 2020, so a car of that age would be a 2010. You're not going to buy a 2010 car for $3,000. You're not going to buy a 2010 car for much under six or seven grand. And again, does that hit that same bit of inflation that I was talking about earlier? It's the same difference. It's double the money. Is that where we're at right now? It's just everything is double what it costs in our, I guess... Uh, formative automotive years, mm-hmm. you know that's we're we're in the same boat. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's all bad. I think it's good that cars are, are worth more money than they used to be. I think that regardless of inflation and regardless of it being the same essential percentage that it was back then, when somebody pays more for something, they take better care of it. And I think that it means that these cars that are trading for higher dollar values will be around longer as collectible vehicles. And yeah, I'm okay with that. The one of the general theories is that so during this year, people haven't had, you know, many things to spend money on. Couldn't go to restaurants, couldn't go on vacations. Yep. So a lot of that budget has gone to. They could spend it on collector cars if they were so inclined. And maybe that's where some of the craziness that we've been seeing on 
the internet auction sites have come from? So I don't know that it's that they have more money because they're not going anywhere. I think it's maybe they're not going anywhere, so they have less to do. <laughs> I think that's probably a lot of it. Because anybody who's going to spend blue chip collector car money isn't affected by not taking a trip to Hawaii this year. Like that's that's not where we're at. You know, if if you're talking that the market for twenty to thirty thousand dollar cars has gone through the roof, then yeah. that's 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 more of that crowd. I think somebody who's spending, you know, fifty to uncountable amounts of money on cars it doesn't matter as much they spend that money because they have they have enough money anyway and it's probably it's probably more out of boredom than than extra funds you know people are sitting home they don't have much to do um car people are working on cars they're turning car projects out faster than probably they normally would you know i know i'm getting a lot more done this year just not having a commute like just walk outside and start working on a car you know there's no there's no wasted time after work the, the commute is the home office to the garage and start working. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's really that there's more money out there or if it's, there's more time and more interest in things because people just aren't as busy. So maybe I, I again, I, I could be dead wrong. It could be a money thing. You know, I know I haven't spent as much money going out places this year and going on vacations this year because, you know, in 2019, how many road trips did I take? How many, cross-country drives in vintage cars that I take to go to Radwood shows, how many, you know, rally rallies that I attend, races that I attend, and all that stuff costs money, and I haven't done any, any of it this year. Mm-hmm. So there's been, there certainly has been more money in the discretionary income, you know, an income pool, which uh, maybe not for me this year because we bought a house, but, you know, in general there has been, and maybe that's my, maybe that's my collector car this year. I bought a house, so who knows? Yeah. Maybe that makes me wrong as I talk it out in my own head. I don't know, but I, I don't know that's necessarily more money out and about because on the same note, there's less money out and about. Yeah. But in, so I think people being all doom and gloom about cars being too expensive, uh, you know, it seems kind of crazy, like these cars becoming unobtainable, but I think part of this is visibility. You're you're only seeing these super nice ones yep. on sites like Mario Trailer. Yep. And they're selling for a crazy price, but like cars still exist out there. hundred percent. Um, and it just takes like patience and you get to search for a deal. And, oh. I, and I don't think you'll ever find a quote deal on an auction site because the, if the car is listed on bring a trailer, people already know that it's pretty special and it's been cleaned up. It has good pictures, it has a good description and there's a ton of eyeballs on it. So it's not like. I, that's not the way you'd find a deal these no, days. Nope. And you got to look for like, you know, I'm going to say like this, the way I buy cars, right. And the way you like to buy cars and a lot of our friends like to buy cars is like, you're looking for the, the potato photos, a poor description. And yeah. you don't want to, you don't want someone that uh, knows what they've got. And the other important thing, and the people always ask me when they look at my, I, I almost hesitate to call it a collection, but it's a collection of cars. Um, and it's not what everybody would want, but, you know, I have some decent cars and people look at me and they ask the question all the time, how do you find these cars? What what drives you to, to seek out these cars, particular cars, and, and buy them? And my answer is always the same. It's you're never looking for a car. 
you always have that in the back of your head, that discretionary income put away somewhere that you know you could spend on a car. And when a car comes up, if you're in the position to spend that money, you buy it. And I can't tell you how many times, how many cars I've turned down over the years because I don't have the money or space. I mean, I always have the desire, but I don't have the money or space to, to buy it or keep it. And that's just where it is. It's it's just put yourself out there, let people know what you're into, and then when cars come up, be ready to bounce to, to, to bounce on them. That's that's all there is to it. There's no there's no secret sauce. There's no special trick. There's no and that's whether you're going from somebody like me or you who buys the fifteen hundred dollar car, or somebody like a car dealer who buys the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar car. If you have yourself put out there and people know what you're into, when cars come for sale, you'll get that contact from somebody like, hey, Brad, there's a 1990 Eagle Talon for sale in Tucson. You should come down and look at it. Love to. Don't have the space or money, but thanks for thinking of me. You know, and then mm-hmm. the next time one comes around, somebody could say, hey, Brad, there's this 1990 Eagle Talon for sale in Tucson, and it's a TSI turbo with, you know, just 100,000 miles, and it's mint and the old lady wants 2800 bucks for it, and that one you can jump on. That's that's just where it is. You know, I have I've always bought cars that were a little bit, you know, scruffier on the edges and put a little time and effort into them and made them better than, than they were when I bought them. So right. and it's just it's being in the right place at the right time. Um going back to your thing about visibility and and car auctions, the other thing I see on a bring a trailer site or to a lesser extent, cars and bids or eBay or any of these places um, is people buy the cars they're told to buy. And that kind of goes the same with anything. Like people go on there and people start talking about, oh, this is the nicest Honda Civic Si in existence. It's 12,000 miles, not a nicer one. Would be really cool to add this to somebody's collection here. And now all of a sudden this collector is going to go, oh, okay, this Civic Si is something special. I'm going to look into this car. I'm going to make this car, you know, part of my collection of whatever, because I'm supposed to, it's what I'm supposed to buy. If you want something interesting that doesn't cost you the arm and a leg off of bring a trailer, then don't buy the civic SI, you know, keep eyes peeled on your local Craigslist for the civic coupe or the civic hatch or the, Volkswagen Golf GTI from the same year. You know, you're going to spend an eighth or less of the money this SI is going for. And you're going to have something that is a fun car to drive. It might not be to have the same panache as this particular SI, but you've spent 2800 bucks on it. And you have something neat. You know, in 1999, you could have bought a Civic SI. You could have bought a Prelude SH. You could have bought a Volkswagen GTI. Um, what else was there? The Celica GT had the two ZZ high revving four cylinder. Then that was kind of a neat car. There are so many, you could have bought an Eclipse GSX. Yeah. There are so many better cars that are not, maybe not better, but so many equivalent ish cars that you can buy. If your intent is to buy a collector car, you don't need to buy the car that everybody says go buy. You know, not everybody in 1995 was like, I need the 69 SS big block Chevelle. Somebody out there had to buy the 69 base model 305 car and put their own personal touch on it. And the guy that bought that big block Chevelle in the 90s and spent $125,000 
doesn't have any different of a driving experience than the guy who bought the $5,000 305 coupe and built his own motor for it and or even paid somebody to build a motor for it and has a equally fun to drive car minus the matching numbers, numbers matching originality made 16 of this particular color and trans combination. Like if, if you're into cars for the fun of being into cars, you almost don't care that these blue chip cars are what they are. Cause that's how the car you want anyway. You want a car you can get in, you can enjoy, you can have fun with. And you want the car that you want, not the car that you're told you want. You know, it's it's the same way that people line up, you know, to buy the newest Louis Vuitton purse. Maybe I'm out of touch on that. I don't know. Or the latest Probably. or the latest Supreme t shirt. You like go. you're you're told that that's what you want, so that's what you want. When at the end of the day, a free t shirt from <laughs> you know, name it charity <laughs> keeps you, does the same thing at the end of the day for you. It gives you a shirt to cover you to go out places. <laughs> so it's, it's not that you need to buy that car off, bring a trailer. It's that you need to buy the car that makes you happy. And if you have the money and that 12,000 mile SI is what makes you happy and you want to buy it and put it in your collection and never drive it and never enjoy it. Great. Be that guy. Everybody will walk into your garage and go, you have the coolest collection of cars you can't drive. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't, I don't want that. And I don't know anybody else that does, you know, uh, a, a good friend of ours just bought a pretty low mile Honda prelude. Yeah. Is that a fourth gen? I think like a 99, 98 body style. He's got a swept back headlights. Um, and, sure. and he got, you know, he, he paid market value for the car. He didn't score a smoking deal off of some old lady on Craigslist. Um, and his plan with the car is to drive it. Like, just pretend that he bought it in 2002 and it had that many miles on it and it's still cheaper than a new car and he's going to go out and they're going to drive it every day and make it the daily driver. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just reliving that experience that they could have had in buying that car used in 2002, but they're doing it in 2020 instead. And that's that's kind of a, a neat way to look at this kind of stuff, you know, and that same car that another one sold on Bring a Trailer with maybe a couple less miles for double what they're into theirs for. But at that point, why, <laughs> you know, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast cares about a low mile car and a garage doesn't get driven. We haven't even gotten into, um, Japanese market stuff that's coming over here. That's gone crazy too. <sighs> JDM stuff, like actual imported stuff. Yeah. Well, I have some other theories on that too, and we can certainly get into that if you want to take the time. Sure, why not? Um, Japanese imported stuff. Let's go back to stuff that we're familiar with. Um, you okay. and I both near and dear to our heart. We both own a Galant VR4. Right. We think they're woefully undervalued, right? Yes. Super clean examples of cars with miles trade for six, seven, maybe eight grand tops. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a couple of super low mile examples that have sold for 10, 15, maybe. Right. Have they gone that high yet? Yeah, I think the one to bring a trailer is like 15. Okay. So we start talking about Japanese imports. You and I have wanted, both wanted an early evolution one, two, or three for a long time. Yep. Um, it's kind of always been on my radar. Always wanted to buy one. Never quite pulled the trigger. Now they're 20 grand. Right. Is 20 grand a lot of money? 
Not for that car. Right. I don't think so. That's I think it's worth it. A hundred percent. And that's where I'm trying to go with this. it's still worth it. That's where I'm trying to go with this. Yeah. There, there was a time where you could buy them for 13, 14. That was definitely steel, but I think you're still. But at, I think at 20 grand, that market hasn't gone crazy. Again, no. this is this is the same example of you buy the cars you're told to buy. You want to buy an R32 GTR? That's no. the car everybody says, hey, you need to buy the R32 GTR. You're spending $50,000 plus now. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just, it's it's the market dictating what the consumer wants to buy. It's the same when you advertise it brand new as it is when it's 30 years old being imported from Japan. It's yeah. it's the car that everybody talks about and everybody wants is going to be the one that's going to cost more money. Yeah. If if you want to buy something that's still fun and then maybe an Evo is not quite the same performance as an R32 GTR, but I bet dollar for dollar or dollar for fun factor, whatever that, you know, dollar for, I don't know how to say it, but you know what I'm trying to say. The amount of money you spend versus the amount of fun you have with it. I think that twenty thousand yeah. dollar Evo is going to be way more rewarding than spending fifty grand plus on a GTR. Well, when you watch like an old best motoring video, that Evo runs with a GTR, so it's mm-hmm. not. I mean, not everybody is going to do these massive super builds on them, anyways. So nope, super builds. Uh, I said super because straight six turbo. I don't know why it just popped in my head. I think I think that's super like like Superman. No, but yeah, sure. Okay. Sure, I said super. <laughs> That's what I heard. And, no, and a Toyota Supra is another one of those things. Everybody was told to buy the Supra. So people that, that drove the prices up on Supras are not your yeah. typical. RX-7s. But they're, they're not your typical. Ni- they're not your typical 1995 Japanese car buyer. They're the guy they're- who already has the Hemi Cuda parked next to the COPO yeah. Camaro parked next to the Lingenfelter Corvette. Oh, and everybody says, well, now you, need a Cor- now you need a Supra. So, okay, well, I'm going to buy a Supra. It's because he saw Fast and the Furious. That's also, unfortunately, part of it. But it didn't do the same thing to Eclipses. And arguably, that was a more important car in the movie. Worse than his two Eclipses. Yeah. But that's... Um, yeah, and then it's kind of like, yeah, third gen RX-7s. And then second gens, people are sleeping on still. Yeah, first and third gens are the way to go right now if you want to look make money. Yeah. Second gens are a little falling behind. I think they'll get there. But mm-hmm. they're kind of in an unloved era of cars, unfortunately. And you say what you will about the Radwood effect, people keep saying. And, you know, bringing the Radwood era of cars into the limelight has made them super expensive. And you can still buy a $4,000 944. You can still buy a $2,500 second-gen RX-7. You know, you can still buy all these things, and it's not until you start looking at the halo cars of each generation that the prices have really gone crazy. You know, Radwood effect is not... uh, It's not showing the light on the cars. It's it's showing light that there's people that are into it. The the enthusiasm was always there for the cars, and the prices were going to go up probably anyways. Again, inflation. Yep. Um, it's just now noticeable. It's visibility. So let's bring this full circle back to auction sites and okay. Radwood era stuff in auction sites. Um, we're talking about a two thousand or nineteen ninety nine Honda Civic Si. That's what at last check was like thirty seven grand, and still had a couple days left, right? Yeah, it was thirty nine, like an hour before we did the podcast. Okay, so thirty nine thousand dollars. Move yourself over to cars and bids. 
yeah um a, a website that i kind of loathe but also love um I mean, I'm, listen, the, I'm not going to lie. The title I'm, makes more sense than Bring a Trailer, if I'm saying. Well, Bring a Trailer used to make sense because it was Project Cars. Yeah. Car, Car, Cars and Bits is a terrible name. There's no getting around that. It's just like. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it now. I've come around. I'm not. It's a terrible name. Um, but if you look at the results on that website, I think you get a better idea of where the market is at. It's real. Yeah. Like what cars are actually trading at. There are a couple of outliers on there. I went back into the most recent history to see like what kind of cars were out there on that website just in, to compare. Um, and I found there's a 1994 Honda Civic hatchback on there. Now, granted, you and I both know it's not an SI. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the B18 or was it B16? What was in that car? B16. B16. doesn't have a B16. It's a little single cam. Um, it is a five-speed manual. It's a 94, so it's the EG generation of Civic, which mm-hmm. is like a 2,000-pound car. You can have a ton of fun with that car. This car is 50,000 miles on it, 5-0. It's in that like requisite like 90s teal green. Yep. Like, it's a pretty cool car with 50,000 miles on it, and it's sold for just over six grand. Yeah. Now, to me, to buy a 1994 Honda Civic hatchback that's super clean six thousand dollars is a reasonable amount of money yeah i don't think that's out of the realm of anybody who is in the space of looking for a fun second car yeah if you're looking for a fun second car six thousand dollars is in your range but see that that civic even though you spent six grand on it if you did uh whatever vtech swap b18 swap whatever you know, twin cam swap, you want to put K series in that car, you would actually make it worth more. Yep. And you could even keep it the stock color. Yep. And throw a lip on it and lower it. Yep. And a rear spoiler. And the thing is super cool. You could be like you could be into that car for ten or eleven grand done. And the car is probably worth ten or eleven grand. And that's that's kind of a better way to spend your money at that point. It's a better way to get yourself into the into the this I hate to say this, but the car scene, the car thing, the your you fun weekend car lose value. I know on on the same week, and that, and that car actually was in Woburn, Massachusetts. Yeah. So you don't even need to ship it across country if you're in the East Coast. The car already exists there and it's rust free. So it's not there's, there are cars out there, and I don't know why people are complaining. There's another one here: '89 Ford Mustang LX five liter. Yep. Now think back to the mid to late nineties. Did eighty nine get the sealed headlights? Oh yeah, yeah. That happened in eighty seven. Okay, right. Um, That's right. So eighty nine Mustang LX. It's gray, five liter, five speed manual. That's the car you want, right? Hatchback, not a notchback. That's like essentially the 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 Sorry. most desirable Sorry. of that for car us. for us in high school, right? In high school, that was what a six, seven thousand dollar car. Probably five, Maybe six thousand dollar car. No, I, yeah. anyway, that car sold this week with a really clean car in Texas for eighty seven hundred bucks. Yeah, that's a reasonable price for a five. Again, you're not gonna get a better deal than that, and it's not a ridiculous price. We're not talking about a fifty thousand dollar Mustang five liter. We're talking about a run of the mill five liter that. 
you want to get into a collector car or a fun weekend car, anything under 10 grand is the, is the, is the budget of anybody, anybody who has the money to get into this can spend 10 grand on a car, whether they spend 10 grand outright or they get a loan from one of these collector car loan companies or a personal loan under 10 grand. I like to think of is like the number. So people might sit back and say the Radwood effect, that car should be 1500 bucks. No, it shouldn't. It doesn't need paint. It doesn't need an interior. It doesn't need an engine. It doesn't need all of the most expensive things. It's ready to get it in. It wasn't fifteen hundred dollars in nineteen ninety eight. It's the car you want to get in, and you can go to your local cars and coffee. You can go to your local, you know, Wednesday night cruise nights. You can go take the family for an ice cream. You can go to the Mustang meet. You can go to the backwoods rally. You can do anything you want in that car for less than ten. Poison flows on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you can do anything you want in that car. You can be accepted in any automotive circle. You know, except, you know, the high end circle, obviously what we're not even talking about, but any automotive event you want to go to, you can be accepted in that car. Want to autocross it? Great. Want to do a track day? Great. You want to go to the, the, the doo-wop car show down the street? Great. All those places you can do with that. So how can you complain that for less than, less than $9,000, you can drive that car and do those things? Yeah. I, I, I think it's unfounded to say that the market is completely gone. I think that it's, it's shocking sometimes to look at something and say that sold for how many dollars and how much? But yeah. at the same time, it's it's not 1995 anymore. No. You know, it's it's 2020. You know, the, the, the 1995 house that you paid 100 grand for is 350 grand now. <laughs> More than that. <laughs> I'm just, well, if you're in Massachusetts, they're a little different than me. But yeah. 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 I mean, there's there's tons of stuff. I'm going through this, this cars that sold on, on cars and bids and... You know, the 1990, you, you, okay, you want something that's off the beaten path and not a normal car and only a few exist. The 1990 Autech Zagato Stelvio mm-hmm. sold for 25 grand. Whoa. Is that less than 10 grand? Obviously, no. But that's also not the kind of car you're going to buy if you were cross shopping that Mustang. That's no. almost like a blue, you bring that car to any event and everybody goes, whoa, this is a that this exists. This is you're crazy. You own this, and you own this for twenty five grand. Mm-hmm. Come on, yeah, that's a really cool car because you get awesome nineties Italian styling. Awesome, and awesome is yeah, it's subjective. It's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely awesome. I wouldn't say it's good. I'd say it's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's really good. Yeah. Anyway, it reminds me of nineties alphas. But um, I'm just kind of going through these things. You know, there's an 87 Honda Civic CRX. Um, you know, it's got over 100,000 miles on it. It's an Al- Al- you. Hold on a second before you get too yeah. far. 87 CRX, rust-free Alabama car, red yeah. over gray, manual transmission. What would you pay for that? Say it had 120,000 miles on it. Uh, 4,200 bucks. This car sold for 3,500 bucks. Okay, that's so a deal. that's what I'm saying. That the cars are out there, and these this is even on an auction site. This isn't even like your yeah. Craigslist finds. The guy who sold this probably paid fifteen hundred bucks for it on Craigslist. Yeah, you know, and it still even made a profit at thirty five. So the cars are out there. Ninety four Stealth RT. You know, that's eighty three thousand miles. It's a three thousand GT in drag, right? Yeah, sixty two hundred bucks. Well, that's the weird thing about. Stealth RTs and and 2000 GT VR4s, they 
the nicest ones of VR4s are double the price of the nicest Stealth RTs. And it's the same car. It's the same car. Well, the VR4 is a better looking car. There's no question than a, a later Stealth. The early Stealths, I could kind of go either way. The later Stealths, like 94 and up, I have the 3000 GT is better looking. However, you know, the right suspension and a set of wheels would set this car apart. And at 6200 bucks, you get the money to do it. You know? Yeah. And you get an 80,000 mile car. I mean, there's... I don't know. I I, I think that the, the we're crying too much about the cars being gone. Um and and the bargains exist. You just you're not looking anymore at the eight hundred dollar car. We're looking for the sub ten thousand dollar car. And and honestly, if if you're in the point of your life where you're looking to buy a car that's just for fun to use in the weekends, a ten thousand dollars isn't a lot of money. You don't have to come up with ten grand up front anymore. There are so many people that will finance you for collector cars now because of the market shift because of the fact that old cars aren't losing money. I mean, banks lose money on new cars. Yeah. You know, you lose money on new cars. It doesn't make any sense buying new cars half the time. You and I both have a, a, a an automotive loan that we pay monthly and we lose money on every day. Yeah. And we willingly put ourselves in this position. You know, why wouldn't I take out a $10,000 loan to buy an 89 Mustang 5 liter in clean condition? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to lose any money on it. I could pay the loan yeah. off for five years and sell the car for 10 grand. And it's like I just parked that money that I got for almost free from the bank. Yeah. So why why wouldn't you do it? So, I again, I'm not, I don't know, I'm probably the wrong person to, to say because I drive the $800 cars, but... My, my mind has changed a lot on that. You know, I, I, I have this, I have a couple of project cars. I don't think I'll ever buy another car as deep of a project as what I have now. No. I think in, in the future, I'll probably, unless it's the right, you know, some ridiculous yeah. deal comes out there is what it is. But, you know, I, I think my next car purchase will probably be purchased on a banknote. Yeah. You know, and I don't have a problem with that. This is where you, you throw away that, that book value. Because like, doesn't matter. Banks kind of look at that, but it's not. That's it. Doesn't count in enthusiast cars anymore. No, so it's not accurate. Maybe they're making it accurate, but I haven't seen it. So, and that's why you see like the one, two, three, four price thing on Facebook. Well, that's Facebook trying to control a market they have no right controlling. Yeah, but it, it runs off of book price. Yep, and you know for cars, and then even if they. Maybe they don't even have a listing for the car, which I've seen happen before. So, yep. You know, the only people that go off list price or book price for a car are your insurance company. If you don't have a specialty policy, the RMV, yeah. when you tell them what you paid for their sales tax and uh, yeah. Facebook marketplace, that's about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a good tip. <laughs> um, if you do buy an expensive car, uh, make sure you look up the book price first Yeah. before you go to the registry dmv yeah well in massachusetts anyway yeah it's different in other places yeah because if you tell them more they will take more oh absolutely well anyway i I just i'm encouraged looking at cars that are available um i don't think it's all doom and gloom i think that the days of being a car hoarder with 30 cars in your backyard that you paid you know 100 bucks a piece for are over but i mean is anybody really upset with that Craigslist app works pretty good too. I found. What's that? The Craigslist app? Mm-hmm. I haven't downloaded that yet. I don't have to still. Yeah, works pretty well. 
I've been casually searching for that 142 Volvo. I'm I'm looking mm-hmm. at some interesting cars that are sold here on on Bring a Trailer. There's some yeah decent stuff. I mean, I'm interested in cars and bids. Yeah, and there's some, there's some right. decent stuff. We'll wrap this one up. So, uh, quick thing before we go, check out the Gearhead Project. Uh, trying to bring back forums for 2021. Absolutely. Uh, I'm convinced Facebook car groups are generally only good for buying and selling parts. Facebook is only good for communicating with car people. Yeah, that's about it. Um, but when you want to save information, it's terrible for it. So, uh, the signals noise ratio is just crap. Yep. Um, as always, you can follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast, <laughs> Auto Off Topic on Twitter, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, Raced in Anger. And Brad, where can they find you? Thank you. Find me on Instagram pretty much exclusively at TSISS350. And I keep promising that I will uh, go to the Twitter thing and, and learn that, you know, 2003 technology, but I haven't done it yet. So That's interesting. I'll get there. So anyway, keep cars analog and aim for the roses.